morning, everybody. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to Connect Church. Hey, can you guys just stand with me for a minute? We're going to pray, and uh, we're going we're gonna to hop into worship in a second. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for being a part of uh, what God's doing this morning, and I hope you had a, 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 an exciting week. A, I know many of us had challenging weeks. It was crazy. We were just talking out, outside about how the weather changed. Like, I... The weather, like, it, Ron, it freaked me out. Like, the, at the beginning of the week, it was like 80. I was like, this is awesome. And then I got in my car on, like, a Wednesday, and it was 103. And I thought, uh, I'm not supposed to be in hell, right? This is, this is heaven. Not yet. Um, no, I'm never going there. I'm just telling you that right now. No, I got a one-way ticket glory. Um, but what it reminded me of, it truly, as I was coming today, what it reminded me of is how quickly an atmosphere can change. How quickly an atmosphere can change. And that's what worship does. When we actually begin not just to sing a song, when we begin not just to kind of lift up our voices together, but when we lift up our hearts and our hands, when we begin to turn our focus and our attention onto our king, the atmosphere changes because he shows up. And wherever he is, there's peace. Wherever he is, there's power. Wherever he is, is his presence. And so I, I, love, I, love, I love to sing worship. I, I love the musical part of it. I, I love when we gather together in corporate time together. I love all of that. But I never want us to miss the fact that what we're doing here is not really singing worship. We are actually giving worship. We are bringing worship to a king. And, and that's a heart thing. And so I want to invite you today. You know, I, I, we, we, we've talked a lot uh, over the last couple of weeks now that we have a new setup where it's, it can be a little unnerving that the lights don't go down now during worship. And you actually see people. But see, this is what heaven looks like. Because in heaven, there's no darkness. In heaven, we stand around a throne together. Every race, every, every culture, every ethnicity. Yes. We raise up hands and we just say, God, you are so important. And so can I invite you today, as we begin, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna begin worship with a song that I love. It's called Waymaker. My God is a waymaker. And I don't know what you've gone through this way, week, but he's a waymaker. And I don't know what you're going to go through the week ahead, but maybe for some of us this is a good reminder that when we go through, when we're getting ready to go through it, he's a waymaker. And so my God doesn't do anything halfway. Nothing you go through surprises him. There's, there's not, he's not like jack in the box, something gets, you know, cranked up and then, oh, I didn't know that was happening in your life. My God is supernatural, King of kings and Lord of lords. So come on, can we just lift up our hearts together today? Father, we give you glory. Daddy, today we, we shout unto you, your name is worthy, Lord God. Father, we've come into this place not simply to have a service together as brothers and sisters, but, Daddy, we've come to be worshipers of a king, to bring you praise, to give you the glory that you deserve because, Jesus, you're the king of kings and the Lord of lords. You are the ultimate way maker. There's nothing you can't do. Although there's things impossible with us, there's nothing impossible for you. And so come today. Come and receive glory. Come and receive honor. Come and receive praise in the middle of the sanctuary, Lord God. Let this be your throne room today. And as we lift up our voice to you, take glory in the praises of your people. We give you the glory. We trust you. 
We trust you. Less of us today, more of you. In Jesus' name, come on. And together we say amen and amen. Come on, let's start to worship together today. Hallelujah. Even when I don't 
lie. Every promise is already yes and amen in Jesus Christ today. Daddy, we don't need to deny that we have issues, Lord God. All we need to be willing to do is submit them to you because you are the miracle worker. Father, you don't just heal cancer. You heal concerns. You don't just set people free from addiction, Lord God. You heal people from the effects of abuse. 
You just don't do wonders, Lord God. You fix worry. Father, today we give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. You're worthy. Church, we're going to do something right now. Just going to ask Pastor D to come up. We're going to do something right now. We're, we're going to pray first. We're going to pray for people who are going through sickness right now. Or maybe need a breakthrough. Maybe, there, maybe, there, maybe there's a cancer or a hurt or a pain. Maybe, maybe you've been uh, uh, going through an addiction or maybe you're just living in shame. Maybe there's a, a, a scheme of the enemy that has had a hold in your life. Maybe today you just need a miracle. Maybe today you want to stand in proxy for someone else who needs a miracle. We believe the word of God is true. The word of God says in James chapter 5. That if, you, if anyone is sick among you, to gather together the elders, that means gather together people in the house, leaders in the house of God, and anoint them with oil. And the prayer offered up in faith will, 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 will make the sick person well. We can't sing that he is a miracle worker and then come to this place and doubt the miracle. And so we know we can't anoint all of you today, but I'm going to anoint Pastor Danielle in proxy for you today, just as we continue to worship. And if you're here today and you need a miracle, you need a breakthrough, you want to stand in for someone else, just lift up your hands. There's just something about a sign of surrender that says, God, my heart is open. My hands are open. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to put my ego aside. I'm willing, Lord God, to receive from you today. I know it's a free gift. I can't earn it. I can't deserve it. Just like salvation, healing is free. My God, I take you at your word. Your word says if we anoint people with oil, Father, we pray the prayer of faith that people will be healed. Father, we know we can't buy it, we can't earn it, and we can't deserve it. But today we're going to receive it in Jesus' name. So, Daddy, as I anoint Pastor Danielle right now in the name of Jesus, I pray that this anointing may fall on every person who has had a sickness, who has cancer, who has a disease right now, who has an addiction right now, who, has a, who is suffering from abuse, who is suffering from depression, who is suffering with suicidal thoughts in the name of Jesus who has a back issue, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, whose knee is out of whack in Jesus' name. Father, for those who are suffering with an eye condition, in the name of Jesus, we speak to those eyes and say, be opened in the name of Jesus Christ. There is not one sickness that can stand in Jesus' name. Daddy, redeem this time. Pour out your blood. Redeem it. Redeem it. You are the great Redeemer. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. The whole earth, everyone in this room declares the glory of our God. Father, I thank you that we bind every person in this room to the healing work that was purchased on the cross of Jesus Christ. Who said, by his stripes we are healed. And with those final words, he said, it is finished and we believe it we receive it I pray for someone's uh, I don't know this mother who just uh, got a diagnosis of cancer in the name of Jesus we speak death to the cancer and life to that lady. 
to the mom today who is worried about that wayward child, that wayward child, Daddy, that wayward child. Remind her that you see them and that they can never outrun your love and that your spirit is already moving. So into that stress and into that worry and into that fear, we speak the supernatural peace of Jesus right now. Daddy, to this fear of COVID, to those suffering with it, both near and far, we speak life right now. Come on. Come on, Connect Church. We need to speak life to our nation, life to the people in our world. In the name of Jesus, we speak life. We speak death to that disease and life to those who have it in Jesus' name. We give you glory and we give you honor and we give you praise. The enemy shall not have his way. We take back holy ground. Come on, and together in faith. Can you say it in faith? Can it rise up and be more than just a voice? Can it be a, a confession of faith? Can we say together, amen, 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 amen. So be it. Come on, give God some glory. I believe there's miracles going on right here, right now. I believe for people who are at home right now watching. I believe that miracle-working God is there with you right here, right now. The same Jesus that's here is there. I know that there are people watching in the hospital right now. We speak that name over your life today. We speak that name over your life. His name is Jesus. There's no power in Pastor Kyle. There's no power in Pastor Danielle. The power is in the name of Jesus. He gives us his authority. It is his righteousness, his power. Maybe you're down the shore right now. Maybe you're having a vacation. I speak rest over you right now. But I'm believing there are divine appointments on that boardwalk. There are divine appointments uh, on that beach. Let the word of God fall in your mouth and come out of your mouth and find life. 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 Woo. Come on, if you believe you received something today, can you give God just a moment of praise before we go on? Father, thank you. Thank you for the breakthroughs in this room in Jesus' name. Oh, I'm so glad you're here. Believe in God has something for you today. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit and we need Him so badly. I taught at Forge this week and some of you have already seen it, some of you will, but I just sat here last week after we got done service and I was crying and I know that's not a surprise for some of you who've been here at Connect for a while that I was crying, but I was crying real tears because I was so desperate. I'm so desperate for all of us to walk in that power, for all of us to know his peace. I'm desperate. The time is short, but the king is on the throne. Time is short. Come on, but the king is on the throne. Do you believe that? The king is on the throne. Well, look, as you're finding your seat, give somebody next to you an air high five or an air fist pump or an air elbow. Be nice to someone. Talk to someone for a moment. It's okay. We got masks on. I forgot my notes.
thought you had just decided that the Lord, I, it's all you the Lord had said that it was all me. It's all Danielle today. I'm, uh, I was just walked out right behind <laughs> Just going to walk out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Well, hey, welcome to Connect. If you're a guest here, thanks for coming. Uh, thanks for being here. We want to let you know that the stage does rotate so that we'll get to everybody uh, because we love to see your faces um, or as, the, as much of them as we can. Uh, and so because we can't see whether you're smiling or not, amen to help. <laughs> see what I'm saying? Well, I'm, uh, I am excited. Dee and I are excited to talk about what we're going to talk about this morning. We've been wrestling through it for the last couple of days. And if you went, because you have your Bible, uh, could you open it with me to Ephesians chapter 5? Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians is a book written by the Apostle Paul. Uh, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, he, it's written when he's in prison. Um, and so this isn't one of those, hey, he was just on vacation, got to write a good book, took a sabbatical to write. He is in prison uh, and there's oppression of every sort going on and he is living in the most immoral, oppressive government and governmental system uh, in history. And yet he talks about hope. And so I, I want to really encourage you today. I, I don't know where you are with everything that's going on, but there's hope. And uh, if you need a title for today's message, it's, it's Precision Perspective. Precision Perspective. And uh, Dee and I live in a, we have the privilege of living in a really old home. It was built in 1771. So before we were a country, which is kind of crazy. Um, but the one thing that I learned uh, the hard, very often the hard way, because Danielle, if you don't know about Danielle, actually... She is so, so creative, and she loves to create using space, thus why we have church the way that we have it this way. And our home is a reflection of that. And I, I've, I've kind of learned how to build over the last little bit, uh, a little bit. And the thing that I've learned, usually the hard way, is that because our house is older, because it's gone through wear and tear, and it's settled, and, uh, you know, it's, it, it's, it's it, it, nothing's square. Nothing's level, right? And so I can't go, we can't go to Home Depot and just kind of pick out a door off the shelf. I can't just get a, a window frame, you know, off the shelf as one size fits all. It, it doesn't work. And actually, I need precision measurements. Because if I don't have precision measurements, it doesn't fit. And I was thinking about that when we were thinking about this sermon and recognizing that as Christians, I think many times... Um, when we see opportunities that come our way, because the enemy has been working hard on people and overtime in people's lives since the time that they were little, just like you and me. He's been undermining relationships. He's been putting emotions through a whole lot of wear and tear. Because of that, there's a lot of us that are out of whack. Matter of fact, all of us. There's nothing in our life that's actually level. And so what does that mean? What does that mean for us as men and women of faith? What we're going to talk about today, it means this. As men and women of God, there's not a, there's not a kind of one-size-fits-all cliche that you can give somebody. There's not an off-the-shelf kind of answer that you can just kind of bring to somebody in a moment that's going to fit. That sometimes we have to stop and take a measure. Measure the opportunity. Look at it. Trust the Holy Spirit to bring something that may not have been in our back pocket, ready to just respond. 
because he wants to redeem that moment in their life. There's something powerful if we will be willing to take a precision look at the opportunities of life. And that's what we're going to talk about today just a little bit. We've been wrestling with this verse here in uh, Ephesians 5, starting verse 15. And Paul tells us, he's, he's, he, by the way, this isn't a, a suggestion, it's, it's written as a command. He, sees, he says, see then that you walk circumspectly. That's like a big SAT word for Sunday morning. Um, and so Danielle's going to unpack that, definitely not me. Um, so see that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time. Come on, somebody. You can underline that in your Bible. Some people are saying, I don't understand my purpose in life. What's God got for me? What, what, what's, what's life all about? What does God want me to do? Redeem the time, for the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And don't be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. By the way, he says, uh, we were talking about this. He says, uh, the days are evil. He said that 2,000 years ago. And how many of us know that wickedness increases? <laughs> the Bible doesn't say in the decrease of wickedness. It says in the increase of wickedness. <laughs> um, so if he's saying the days are evil 2,000 years ago, but there's hope, D. But we can redeem it. If um, you have been with us in any way, shape, or form over the last few weeks, we've spent some time really trying to comprehend, dissect, and take in what anxiety really is, right? And we've been yep. talking about the fact that it is anticipated loss. So it's anticipated grief. But we can't grieve it because the thing didn't happen that we're worried that could happen. Right. So we're stuck in this quandary and we've had to come up with a name for it, thus anxiety. Um, which the enemy is tact tactical in the fact that he would name it as something other than it is. It is. Yes. Because God knows how to come near us um, in our minds when we're grieving. But it feels like sometimes God doesn't know what to do with anxiety. <laughs> right? Don't you? Because it's vague. Right. It's, it doesn't always have nice, clean edges to it. And then we talked about how if, if that is always up for grabs, then so is our joy. Remember we talked yep. about that? Because then we're not really ever anticipating anything that would bring actual joy. We're anticipating something that will just bring relief. Yes. Until the next thing that we have anxiety about comes on the table. Yep. And, but if the joy of the Lord is our strength, we understand that the joy isn't on the table. So we ha must have something skewed. But we've been talking about this within the confines of understanding the days in which we live. And so it's from that vantage point that we're still talking today. Because once again, Paul takes time to explain that here. And when you, again, we have, we have the Bible, but we have many translations of the Bible. And I always encourage people to, first, first of all, study. You can Google a verse, Ephesians 5.15 Greek. You don't have to read Greek to, to study the word yep. in what God's original intention was of it. And then it'll give you that scripture you know, the Greek inner, inner line, I forget inner what it's, linear. It, yes. And each word is broken down, the words that the original really used, and then it'll give you an understanding of what that word really meant. Not what we sometimes as American Christians make it say, but yep. what he really meant when he said it. Yep. And I'll always also encourage you to read different translations 
because it sometimes under it strengthens your scope when you're trying to receive understanding. True. But nothing comes with true understanding without the Holy Spirit. Yes. Yep. He has to interpret yep. and bring wisdom yep. and bring counsel like yep. only he can. So when we were studying this scripture and we came across that word circumspectly, <laughs> right? Like Kyle said, it's a heavy word. So of course, <laughs> many translations bring that word down. Yeah. So, you know, Dumb be, it down. Yeah, yeah. Be, be careful. Yeah. But if you study that word with its original intention, with the whole phrase of, look, you need to walk circumspectly. It's connecting, first of all, the verses that came before, which is talking about living in the light, walking in the light, yes. and turning from everything that is in the dark. But then he says, when you're walking circumspectly, what that means is to comprehensively perceive with precise exactness. So you are comprehensively perceiving everything that is actually going on around you. Not what you see in the natural, yes. but what's actually going, yes. around, going on in the real realm. And then you are perceiving that with precise exactness. Now I don't know about you, but I don't feel like I walk through 24 seven with that kind of clarity. Right. Right. Yep. But the fact that that God took the time to tell us to do that tells me something. It kind of puts me on my toes, first of all, when I read it, I'm like, wait a minute. Am I supposed to be more alert about something than I am? Because that kind of walking you can't do on your heels. Yeah, that's good. That kind of walking so requires living your life on your toes. Like, what is this? Where am I? What's happening? And it's, I think that it's connected to why God has been saying to his church, capital C, wake up, awaken. Because we have this slumber, we have like the sleepers in our spiritual eyes. And it's taking us a while to clear them out. And he is saying, wait, awaken, see what is really going on. Yes. Because you need to walk through this with exactness. You know, I was reading- And, that, and not for salvation. Oh, no. But there is a result to it. The, the result is redeeming of the time, yes. redeeming of the opportunity. Yes, because we, we all... Because that, that if, we, if, we, if we think about, like, exactctness all the time, like, it's, yes. oh, I got to get this all right. I have to get this all right. It's not about getting it all right. It's about being focused to see. It's why he says, yeah. look, blepo, look mm -hmm. with precision. Yes. So it's, try to measure it precisely. It's not so that you are good enough to be saved but because you're saved, see things differently. Does that make sense? So it's a, it's a, it's a different way of walking. It's a different way of living. It, it's not just waiting for something, some blessing to come. It's actually looking to be a blessing. Yeah, that's, so, yeah. that's very, very true because what he's also telling us, what we have to, we have to, you know, sometimes we read the Bible and we forget that it's, it's, we would listen differently if that conversation was happening in real life. We would be, t you know how you read everybody's cues. Right. You read how they're postured, you read the tone, you read, but we don't do that with scripture. But the fact that he's saying all of this is telling me that our natural intention as believers is going to be to live distracted. Yes, yes. Not with precise uh, exactness. Otherwise he wouldn't have to tell us. Not anywhere in the Bible does it tell us You've got to remember to blink. <laughs> don't forget, blinking's important. Blinking's really essential because we don't need that reminder. Yes. We must need this reminder. And he connects it so closely with 
Don't walk as the foolish, but walk as the wise. Yes. And what I want to exhort you in today is something that's been pressing on me, which is you will not have enough, enough natural intuition to make it through these days. Yes. There will be nothing in, it doesn't matter how strategic you are just naturally as a human being, it doesn't matter how learned you are, it doesn't matter how much schooling you have, it doesn't matter how much experience you have, he's talking about living in a different realm. Correct. Because what's really going on is going on in a different realm and it's just then showing itself here. This is the result. Church, hear that. What we are living in the middle of and seeing and experiencing, this is the result yes. of what's actually happening in the spiritual realm. Yes. It's yeah. why yes. if something shifts yes. in the natural realm, you still don't have peace. Yes. Right? Yes. How many of you know something's going on? Yeah. Yep. Beyond the pandemic, yeah, 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 yeah. how many yeah. of you it's have the feeling uh, that like there is something yep. that's not settled yep. amongst this planet? And every time we get news of something being good or making progress, it doesn't leave you. But you expect it, don't you? Sometimes you expect to feel like a, whew. Yeah. Yeah. But your spirit is telling you the days that we are in are going to require a precise exactness that has nothing to do with your natural read on this day, on the natural day. Yeah, you said something, Dee, that uh, just so that we're, that, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of business people that can read the times from the standpoint of a stock market or a, or a leadership moment in a business. And all those things are great. Um, and, and I've had the opportunity to be around extremely brilliant um, you know, professors and men and, women, men and women of God, both in seminary and regular college. Um, but this is what I know. This is what I know. If the enemy can deceive an angel and he deceived a third of heaven when they were in heaven... If the enemy can deceive a third of the angels while they were in heaven, yes. seeing everything, do you think that he can't deceive the smartest human? So when we sit back and just go, well, you know, my read on it is, how many of us know, A, our heart is deceitful above all things, but B, if the enemy can, can cloud the mind and the eyes of people that are in heaven, that are angels, how much more can he cloud the mind of those who are not trusting the spirit to give them a read on the situation. And, and, and I want to I challenge us to do something maybe that I just was thinking about when Dee was talking. Um, if you'll take this challenge, I, I, I think maybe some things will change in us. This week, when you go into your marketplace or maybe go into your, your family or go into wherever it is that you go every day, if when you first go in, you ask the Holy Spirit to show you something different, I'm not even saying to do, just to say, can you show me something I haven't seen before? And take the opportunity to write it down. Write it in your phone on that day, whatever, however you want to take that note. And then by the end of the week, see how many new things you see. Now, I'm not asking, again, intuition or, or we, I'm, I'm saying ask the Holy Spirit. Because we may just begin to start training ourselves to see things more accurately so that we respond more accurately. Because there's a difference between circumspection and introspection. Circumspection is seeing everything clearly around you. Introspection is looking inside of you. The problem is that we were talking about is that when things tend to go bad on the outside, when, when we start to go through troubling things, we become introspective, not circumspective. We begin to look at ourselves and see how these things are going to affect us. And we begin to self-protect. We begin to become less generous. We begin to actually look at every opportunity through how 
it's going to be an advantage to me, how it's, how it's my advantage or disadvantage, we begin to look through the sphere of ourselves. We become introspective in life. That is a natural human response. It does not make you a bad person. It doesn't make you like you're a horrible Christian. It's natural. That is naturally inside of you. That's what happened with Eve in the very beginning. The enemy comes and begins to spin a little bit of a deceit for her to see things differently. And the, and the moment she saw something was going to be taken away from herself, she self-protected and misread the opportunity and took the fruit. That's what's inside of you and I. So we have to understand that there's a difference between this circumspection and introspection. But what we really need to grab a hold of, and I hope we can today, is the realization that God has put on curbside pickup something valuable in every moment. What do I mean by that? He has already paid for something in that person's life through his blood that is waiting to be redeemed by the interaction that he has supernaturally brought you into. There are no accidental uh, encounters in our life. God is sovereignly moving. God is sovereignly able. And so just like at a curbside pickup, there was something paid and it just needs to be picked up. My friends, in every one of our encounters, there's something that Jesus paid for in that person's life that hasn't been redeemed yet, hasn't been brought out yet, hasn't been uh, brought to the surface yet, hasn't been delivered to them yet. It's not that it's not paid for. It's just not picked up. How many of us, uh, like, we, we get DoorDash a lot. I hate to admit that. If you're a DoorDash driver, thank you. Um, but, 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 but how many of you know sometimes, like, when you get the DoorDash and, and they got it right, you're like, that's my boy, they got it right. But sometimes you get frustrated because they didn't double check the order before they picked it up. And then sometimes you get really frustrated because they just don't show up with your order. Mm. I, I wonder how many God encounters that God has called DoorDash drivers. And we just haven't checked the order carefully enough. Or we haven't bothered to actually pick up. And, and, and it, it's, not, it's not condemning. It should be inspiring because God wants to use us as part of his redemption plan of the world. That's why this, does not, this, this part does not stand alone, just like no scripture stands alone. When you read it from the, from the beginning of Ephesians 1, Paul starts out with this prayer. Ephesians 1.18, he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, that you may learn to see things from a different place and see things out from you, not into you. And I think that's part of this challenge. When days are evil and the news is crazy, and the world is nuts. Our natural human self is to be introspective. And yet God is saying, this is the time that through the Holy Spirit, we can start to see things differently in every God moment that we have. So look circumspectly around you. And if you continue on in that, and it talks about take every opportunity... Um, and some, some more closer to the original says, you know, redeeming the time, redeeming the time, redeeming the time. It's a great phrase, but I think that if we were to try to like, understand it and explain it to yep. someone else, yep. if we just had, what does it mean to redeem the time? That would be, we would probably struggle with that. And oh, but totally. the concept. And, and or it would become too holy. 
Yeah. Or ethereal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And so Kyle's going to talk more about the, the redeeming side of this, but just the concept of the word puts you again on alert that the concept is is that it's going to cost me something. Correct. There's a cost when there's something that needs to be redeemed. Whatever the cost is, you just there's going to be one. And it also means that something is in the possession of someone else. Yes. It's a buying back. It's exactly. It, there is a there is a lassoing of something that is and it doesn't say steal. Correct. It says redeem back, take back. And um, I know that sometimes people struggle with the concept of the fact that the truth is, is that the prince of this world is having his, his day right now. Yep. Ultimately, the king of all kings will have his day yes. and have his way. Yes. But to not, you, if we are not willing to understand that the prince of, the prince of hell currently occupies so much power on this world, then why are we so excited about saying the king of kings will ultimately have his day and reign? Yes. It takes, it takes, he does not, he never says completely ignore that there is an enemy. Don't talk about him. Don't acknowledge him. Just ignore him. You know, he's not a, he's not a playground bully. He's the enemy that caused the fall of humanity. Yes. That is going, to, that caused Christ to go to the cross. That is causing the end of eight, the age. This, 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 is, this is not, this is not a, this, just ignore him and he'll go away moment. Correct. So there's, the redeem, there's a redeeming part that we need to understand. And the reason that I am having that stand out to me, I think, is because a believer will want to know more about how something is going to be redeemed for them. A disciple is going to yield to the Spirit of God and ask him how he or she can be a part of a redemption moment for someone else. Yes. It's why we, every week we try to de delineate. Because sometimes we think that being a believer, being a Christ follower, I'm going to go to heaven. This is all that there is. This is good. I'm set. But how many of you know that as a believer, there are things in your life that currently need redemption? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. People totally. who need something yep, that, to see yep. the face of redemption. Yep, yep. So isn't it your hope that there are other people in your sphere, in this room, in your life, that are willing and yielded to help bring yes. that about for you? Yes. So if that's, if that's your hope, then it also has to be our equal hope that we get to play that part in someone else's redemptive moment. Again, we're not talking about salvation. We're talking about the fact that we live in a broken world and we are thus broken. Yes. And we have pieces that are always being redeemed back to Christ. But Christ didn't say that should just be all me. It, my people should have no involvement with that. That's right. They shouldn't have to be serving each other and helping one another and loving each other. That should all be on me. Correct. He actually said the opposite. And the last thing about that is that if you read it again in the Greek, and many translations do say, redeeming the time, make, every op make the most of every opportunity, make the most of the opportunities that come your way. But some translations, I feel, say what Christians have gravitated toward wanting to believe is true and twisting it just like a half of an eyelash. And it's then the wrong theology, which is in at least one translation that I just happened to start with. So it's not like some obscure translation. 
but it says, make the most of every one of your opportunities. Your opportunities. One word between the opportunities, the redeem the times, and redeem every your times. Redeem yeah. your opportunities. Yes. It creates literally a different follower of Christ. Yep. Because when you understand that you are the, a person that could play a part in the redeeming the times, you're not looking for your life to look as good as it can be on this side of heaven. Correct. There are so many Correct. Christians that are like, I'm so exhausted by all this. I just need to enjoy and savor life a little bit. And then thus a new theology has been birthed. Yes. And that's how, that's how easily it happens. Well, I'm just going to, I'm going to just build my family, be in my family. Or being in the house all, but, but, but the, all these people are in this room. Yep. All these people are not in your house. Yeah. They're in this room yep, right now. Correct. And you have something, whether you're a repair or a restorer or a builder, that you can contribute to the crack, the fissure, or the absence in their wall. Correct. And you're, you're never going to get it if they're at home. And I'm just giving you one example that we do. Like, I'm really going to invest and build in my career. Awesome. But where, uh, where is this career helping you when there's people in this room that are bleeding out? Yes. Their spirits are bleeding out. Their souls are crushed yes. and wounded. And I'm talking to believers. Yeah, come on. I'm talking to yeah. people who already yep. know the hope of the yeah, world. Yeah, right. So imagine when people don't know that, the influence, and, and it does, it's not an either or. Church. But if, if, if you're going to change your theology, you better make sure that God told you to put those things before being a sojourner and a disciple of his because he needs you to occupy other people's spaces. Come on. Because they're not all going to come to you. You got to go to them. Right? right? I had a dream and I, I, I had a dream that we started church again. And imagine like in a mall. Did I I don't know if I told them this. So imagine the mall. You know like when there's like a um, department store and it meets right up to the mall part and it's like all glassed in. And it was bef right before we had started church, and I had a dream that we were having church again, and our, and our platform was set up right there, but we were in the department store side. And everybody was singing, and everybody was trying to preach, and nobody in the mall heard us. And I started to grieve. I literally was praying, crying out, because I kept saying, nobody is hearing us. Yeah. They can't hear us. And then it dawned on us, oh, we need to go on the other side into the mall. Sounds so brilliant. Duh. But we, we want to set up our life. And then if we're going to help people, we hope that they come be a part of it. Come in here. And then we, if we can, know, figure out how to, we'll give them a little blessing, whatever that means, while they're crushed in spirit. Right. While they are going through it. They don't even sometimes have the capacity to cross that little threshold from department store, from mall into department yep. store. And you can be singing your best song in your house. You can be singing your best song in your career. You yep. can be singing your best song wherever. But if, but if the people that need to hear it are not going to come near and they're not, then who cares what you're singing? Who cares yeah, what you're doing? The yep. influence stops with the thing that you have put in front of him. Yeah, it's so true, Dee. I mean, that, that's, that's part of what redeeming time looks like again the, the god paul isn't suggesting this is something that we should do it's it's part he's revealing that as believers as as disciples this is part of what god has planned for the world 
So that's why I use that concept of DoorDash. Because redemption, like you and I can't pay for redemption. There, there's a cost to us, but we can't pay for it. It's like a DoorDash driver doesn't pay. Come on, somebody. He doesn't pay for what he's delivering, but he has to deliver it. He delivers the gift for that person to realize it. it the, the, the gifts that, that God has paid for, for, for people, many times have been meant to be delivered by the hands of the men and women that are in his house. That he's called. We are Christian DoorDash drivers. Right? And we're like, you know what? I don't know. Hey, I, I like getting DoorDash. I'm not sure I want to be the driver. And I get it. There's times for both. Come on, somebody. There's times for both. But this is what we're called to do, to redeem. Do you know how Paul learned how to redeem? Do you know why he's saying this? Because he watched Jesus do it. The, the example is not, he's not just telling us to do something that sounds like a good idea. He said, this is who Jesus is. Since this is who Jesus is, this is who Jesus' people are. That's why he could write in Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, he said, For Jesus rescued us out of this dominion of darkness. He brought us into light. He redeemed us. And I know a lot of times when we talk, we were talking about this yesterday, sometimes when we talk about Jesus' concept of redemption, for us it's only about salvation. Yep, I was redeemed. And that is a part of redemption. But for Jesus, uh, Jesus didn't just save us. By redemption, Jesus lived redemption. He lived redemption. He lived redemption. Uh, when, when he cleansed the leper, it was redeeming the time. When he, when he went to the house of the tax collector for dinner, come on somebody, he was redeeming that time for that person. When, when he talked to the woman at the well and broke down social barriers and everybody gave him side eye, come on, even his followers, he was redeeming the time for her. When he fed 5,000 people because he knew that they were hungry, he was redeeming time, but it didn't just bless them. There was 12 baskets left over because Jesus is a equal. He gives and he gives, to, he gives to those who give away. He gives back as well. When he preached the Sermon on the Mount, he was redeeming time. Redemption for him was not a formula. It was a focus. It was not a formula. It was a focus. He saw the one as important as the 99. And in, in American Christianity, what we have to understand, I think one of the things that we've been taught over the last two decades is to look for the formula so that we can have better time. Look for the formula so we can have a better time. And Jesus is trying to teach us to focus on redeeming the time. Those two things are vastly different. So come on, pastor, preach me a message so that when I leave here, I can have the formula for a better time. Yeah. Do you know how to have a better time? Re be, have a focus to redeem the time. Whether it's internal or external, we need to be redeemers of that time. And, 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 and I, I think that it's when we, by redeeming the time, it's about bringing God's glory into that moment. It's about bring, bringing the kingdom of God to bear in that moment. And the issue for us, and this is something that we, we probably all wrestle with, is that we're either redeeming time or consuming time. There is no simply passing the time. I hear this all the time. I'm just passing the time. Nope, you're just consuming it. I'm just passing time. I'm, I'm waiting for Jesus to come back. No, you, you're consuming time. But the Bible says that we need to redeem it. How do we do that? We intentionally bring the actions of the kingdom of God 
We look for the precision moment. We, 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 we don't try to just pull out the, the, the Christian cliche answer and, man, you know what? I just lost a friend. Oh, hallelujah. God needed another angel. Which, by the way, is not even theologically correct at all. Oh, God's with you. No, no, no. There's a precision fit. Oh, man, I lost my job. There's a, don't worry. He'll, he'll, he'll find you another one. No, 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 there's a precision fit. There's something the Holy Spirit wants to speak into that moment that helps redeem something that actually may not have anything to do with whether they get a job or not. It may be about hope. It may be about trust. It may be about uh, being abandoned. It may, it may be about that God is a God of the fatherless. Come on. It's, it's a precision fit. That's why we can't walk through and, and sleepwalk through these encounters that God wants to have in life. And that's really what I'm trying to get to and that we should expect supernatural. We were talking about this. This is not about just blessing people. This is about actually trusting the Holy Spirit to bring a supernatural moment to them. And it may not, look, it may not manifest right there at that moment. It may not absolutely just happen right there. The Bible says when God, when Jesus cleansed the lepers as they went, come on somebody, they were cleansed. Sometimes the blind opened their eyes immediately. Sometimes when they went. This is not the formula to getting someone healed or set free. It is the focus to help somebody find the Savior who can set them free. Yes. We were talking, I've been, I was uh, reading a book this week uh, by Corey Tenboom called The Hiding Place. And it's, uh, if you haven't read it, uh, first of all, it's free on, uh, uh, on, uh, on Audible. Uh, if, you're, if you're an Amazon Prime member, it's free. It is so worth the read. And she's telling a story. She, she goes to a concentration camp because she hides, hides Jewish people in World War II. But before that, she's telling a story about one of her sisters, Nali, who was also hiding a young Jewish woman. And when the Gestapo comes, they ask Nali, is this woman Jewish? And she says, yes. Everything inside of me is going, no, come I'm the only one who's unholy. I'm like, what are you doing? What's wrong with you? Why would you do that? And that was Corey's response to her as well. Why would you do that? And she said, when I tell the truth, I placed her under God's protection. Yeah. Wow. And I said, I'm not saved. <laughs> no, come on. See, because logically, that doesn't make sense. She was willing to speak truth to fear. She was willing to speak truth to compromise. Do you know the end of that story? Let me just tell you. The end of that story does not, does not uh, just validate this. The truth validates the truth regardless of the end of the story. But I, but I believe a testimony gives weight to something. Do you know that five days later, that woman was bro broken out of that jail and she made it through the Holocaust, never once going to a concentration camp? Man, see, I'm here to tell you, if you're willing to speak truth into the midst of a compromise, if you're willing to give no place to darkness in life, if there's no room for compromise in our lives, it gives God the opportunity to redeem something that our natural man cannot. This is what I'm talking about. Our logic says. Our logic says. It was not logical for Rosa Parks to sit 
at the front of the bus. It was not logical. It was not legal. And yet somewhere inside of her, she said, I'm going to redeem the time. Man, she took a stand by taking a seat. Something changed in the supernatural. When she was willing to trust the sovereign God to do something that the sovereign state couldn't. We are so often waiting for the sovereign state to, to, to make a change that only the sovereign God can make. But if we, the people who say we believe in a sovereign God, will not try to redeem the time that the God of this age has taken, do we really trust him? Or are we just trying to make the best out of the situation we've got? 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, Fix your eyes not on what is seen, because that is temporary, but what is unseen, because that's eternal. There's a time to redeem. The days are evil. Notice he didn't say the days are, what day? Challenging, hard. Bad. Difficult. Um, a struggle. He said evil. He said evil. 2,000 years ago they were evil. Sometimes we just, we clean that stuff up. We're, I, was, I was chatting with Carla before, even when, um, Carla, wait. <laughs> just what she wants to do, yeah, stand yeah. out. <laughs> She's like, like. Um, But Carla was uh, writing up what we would put as like a one sentence explanation on this teaching on YouTube. And I said to her, like, oh, you know, have the precision, blah, 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 in. And I said to her, well, the word says evil times, but that sounds so harsh. Let's say dark times. <laughs> no, knowing yeah. that my point yeah. on my card <laughs> was to not yep. clean that up. Yep. We might need to switch it back, Carla. <laughs> Come to think of it. But, I mean, we make it palpable. We make it conversational. We make it uh, less bra abrasive to people, yep. but we still live in an evil day. Yes, we do. And we, we keep trying to twist it. Yeah, clean it up. And Christians, uh, the, the house of God needs to stop talking about, they, they need to stop selling church. Yeah. Because it, it tells, it, when, you, when, you're, when your goal is Church, your sermons sound more like how to get the best out of everything instead of it's going to get worse. <laughs> yeah. But we got a king. But we, ha but. But we have a king. But. The but. Yep. So it's like, you know, w with everything, our, again, our world didn't just go through a pandemic. I, I, I feel as if what we have lived through in the last year and a half, the pandemic is just one of many things. Yes. The thing that, that has arrested me by far the most in the last year and a half is our racial implosion. Oh, yeah. By far, by and large, the pandemic is a distant second to that for me. Yep. And I've said this in different ways before, but I cannot tell you how many white people this house lost by saying that what we're doing in our society against our black community is wrong. Yep. I can't tell you how many other churches Countless. have lost white 
Christians because they have said, we have been doing it wrong. Absolutely. And the we is not some collective vague out there, over there. It is you yep. and me. And we have to make right what we thought we already had right. Correct. And it's part I, of redeeming the time. I say that because what we're then thus doing, anything else that is not originating with God, remember that's the definition yes. of good, is sin. Yes. If we are not willing to call what we have done sin, right. we will never acknowledge the fact that these are evil days and I'm contributing to them, yep. or have any real hope that has actual power behind it, because he is the true hope. Correct. It's not, I, I can't promise you that if you find your calling in life, you're going to feel, have a, such a great purpose. Right. Like, I'm, I was exhausted saying that sentence because it feels so empty in the light of the real world. Yeah. I pray that we all find our callings. Amen. I pray that we all walk in our supernatural giftings. I pray that we all feel that we have contributed to something when our days are over. But if we think that that's just because it's going to be a better life for us, we've made the most of our opportunities for us, what there's going to be ash. I at least want one crown to throw at his feet. And if my crown is that this church repented for not bringing equality between black and white community to the forefront, if that's the only crown I have, I will understand that that crown was enough yes. because that equates to human beings. Yes. Yes. This equates to real people's yes. lives needing to hear that someone values them as much as they value themselves. themselves. Yes. But if we don't talk about this, we allow the days to still be evil. Correct. And he Correct. talks at the very end, and we're going to wrap this up, but it's, then he just says... Let me oh, say yeah. something before that. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I, just, I just want to make, say something that's, that is jumped out at me that I think is really important that we get. He says, redeem the time because the days are evil. Now, that doesn't, that doesn't make any sense at some level because you should say, redeem the time because the times are evil or redeem the days because the days are evil. He uses two different terms. He says, redeem the time, and that Greek word is opportunities, for the days, which is era, is evil. Our responsibility, our opportunity, is to try to bring the hope of Jesus into the time. Not, not, not to try to change the era. Because when we try to change the era, sometimes it's too big of a picture. And we get discouraged and we get disillusioned when we say things like, man, I can't, well, the poverty will always be here. And, and, and homeless situation, what could I do? And, and, and this, if the world is just, and we spend, but we spend so much of our social media time talking about the problems in the era. Instead of actually recognizing the opportunity that's in front of us to redeem. God will change the era. Because there's a time when he will step off of his throne one more time. He will get on the white horse. And he will ride it down and the sword of the spirit will come out of his mouth. And everyone will stand and on his one leg will say king of kings. And on the other leg will say lord of lords. He will change the era. But it is our, uh, it is our calling to redeem the opportunities that are in front of us. 
We are focused on the wrong things. We talk ourselves out of, I think, one of the enemy's greatest ploys. I wrote this down just so that, because it, it spoke to me. I think the great ploy of the enemy is to display such blatant evil that one could almost believe one's individual actions do not matter. How could I change the world? How can I change homelessness? How can I change poverty? How can I change? You don't. Redeem the opportunity in front of you. Help redeem the person that's there. Help, help redeem the co-worker who's going through it. Help redeem the, the barista who just gave it. Help redeem the child who is wandering away from Jesus. Help redeem the opportunity. My king will redeem the era. You redeem the opportunity. David made one choice through one stone. Come on, somebody. He didn't destroy the enemy forever. But he set people free on that day. He made one choice. He threw one stone. What's your one stone? You don't have to destroy the Philistines for the rest of the, forever. You've got to get the Philistine out of the camp, though. You've got to get the Philistine out of the camp. You've got to get the, come on, somebody. You've got to get the Philistine out of the camp. And believe it or not, just like David, my God has put five stones in your pocket too. Do you know what five represents, by the way? It's a number of grace. Number of grace. David carried five stones, used one. Because he was empowered by grace to release one action that redeemed one moment of time. There is supernatural gifting in this room. That's what D was going to say at the end. That's why Paul doesn't end with just redeem the time. He says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because I can't redeem anything on my own. I can't see clearly on my own. I can't read the room correctly on my own. My ego gets in the way. My insecurity gets in the way. My human frailty gets in the way. My, my, agenda, come on, my agenda gets in the way. And I've been walking with the Lord for a long time and I still have all those things. But if I don't get, if I, if I, if I will trust the Holy Spirit. And I know it sounds weird that he uses wine there. Because we were like, he was like, uh, uh, don't use meth. But be filled with the Holy Spirit. Thanks, Jesus. I won't use math. No, but he's not saying that. Ephesus. Ephesus was the epicenter for Bacchus worship. Bacchus was the god of wine. They believed the only way to interact with their, wine, their, their god was to be drunk. Paul is saying, you don't need any additives. You don't need an additive. It's, you don't need to add plus your goodness. You don't need to add plus your holiness. You don't need to add plus how much you've read the Bible. You don't need to add plus the right moment. You don't have to add plus I've been to church this week. It is the Holy Spirit communes with you plus nothing. That should set some of us free in this room. Because Jesus says in John chapter 9, he said, We need to do the work that the Father has me to do while it is daylight. Because there is a darkness coming. Yeah. You and I are in the light. We are called to bring that light. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. If you didn't get a chance to listen to the teaching of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we did on chat room on Wednesday night. Go back, listen to it on, on, uh, on, on Facebook. 
it will set you free. Do not be filled. Do not be drunk. on. Don't add anything. The Holy Spirit's enough. But you can't do it on your own. You need the Holy Ghost. He will lead you into all truth. He will help you to see clearly. When the disciples tried to do it on their own, they failed every time. When they relied on the Holy Spirit, he never failed. So tomorrow, when you go into your marketplace, into your home, will you be circumspect? Will you look carefully? Will you ask the Holy Spirit to show you something you've never seen before? Like Rosa Parks, will you be willing to stand up and take a seat and trust the sovereign God to do what a natural world can't? Will you be willing, like Corey's sister, to speak truth in the midst of compromise and fear? This is what discipleship looks like. This is what victory looks like. My God redeemed the world so that we can redeem opportunities for his glory. Can we pray? I believe that there's redemption happening all over this room right now. I believe that the Holy Spirit can redeem broken pasts and broken hurts and disappointments and disillusionments. I believe the word is true. That my God positions us and empowers us to make a difference. To be a part of his kingdom footprint in this world. And Maybe you have never taken this opportunity to ever receive the redemption of Jesus. Maybe you've been trying to add things and add things and add things and add things so that God can have your attention. You can get God's attention. You can earn your way to heaven. But my friends, it's already paid for. All you got to do is be the DoorDash driver that picks it up right now and receives it. By his stripes today, you are healed, forgiven, and set free. Jesus said, I stand at the door of your heart and I'm knocking. If you will open that door, I'll come in. If you've never done that today, or maybe you find yourself far from Jesus today, we're all going to pray, but I'm going to ask you to truly today surrender your life. Move beyond just belief, maybe, to becoming a disciple. Move beyond maybe being a churchgoer into actually being a Christian. It's as easy as opening up your mouth and opening up your heart. If that's something you want today, can you pray this with me? Just say, Dear Lord Jesus, here I am today. I'm giving you all my life. I'm holding nothing back. Redeem every part of me. I'm asking you, Jesus, to be the Lord and Savior of my life and to forgive me of all my sin. I know now that my life will never be the same. I choose today to open the eyes of my heart to be a part of your redemption plan in the world around me. Empower me with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Come on, can we give God some glory? Come on, Jesus, we give you glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Can we just have one one more moment of prayer? Yeah, there you go.
Father, I pray for people today who desire to be yielded to your influence. People who desire to yield their ear to the voice of the Spirit. People who desire to know what that voice sounds like. People who desire to be able to recognize it when they hear it. God, I pray that they would begin to have encounters with your voice so clear that they understand that it is you communing with them and that you will help them be brave. Oh God, that you will help them be brave yes, Lord. so that they can act then on what they have heard you say so that they can be a part of redeeming the time. God, I pray that we would be soberly supernatural in our following of you that we would voluntarily sober our souls and our spirits so that nothing but the supernatural can affect us. Yes. Nothing but the spirit of God, the voice of God, the calling of God, the language of heaven can have influence on us. I pray for holy encounters, God, where people in this room walk away knowing that they caught something that was from your heart that they could not have caught without you. And I pray that you would teach them how to lean in to your voice, not just for directives for their lives, but God, to be a part of redeeming the times for you and for others. In your name we ask this today. Amen. Hey, guys, just uh, look, if you made that decision today, or maybe you want to know a little bit more about that. Uh, Pastor Rick is right over here. Pastor Rick, can you stand up? There we go. We have right over there. Pastor Rick uh, wrote this amazing book. It's called The Surprise of Your Life. Uh, we'd love to put it in your hands for free. It just helps you to understand the decision that you made, that you are saved by grace through faith apart from any work. There's a, a letters to a Gen Zer. If you have younger uh, teens or tweens as well um, that are looking to understand. Sometimes it's just great to have these in your pocketbook, in your, uh, in your purse, your backpack, in your car, just ready to give away. You can grab those from him. So just after church, make your way over to there. And uh, Rick is my dad, by the way, for those of you who don't realize, like my actual dad, my real dad. And he is someone who loves to talk with people. He listens to people. He hears what you have to say. And he will uplift you. So if you need even just that, you're like, I'm good, but I just wanted to have that person, have a touch from that person today. Make your way over there and be sure to talk to them. And guys, we want to, before we go, just take a moment to take offering. And, you know, on days that we talk about redemption, should be the easiest opportunities to receive offering, right? Come on, he, he paid everything. Paul Peter says he, the, the, the just died for the unjust. He gave everything so that we could have hope again. And that's part of what your gift does. When you, when you, when you pour in your gift, it doesn't just give us the opportunity to have church, although it does, or be online and, and for people who still aren't able or feel comfortable to be here in per person, it does that as well. But it helps us put food and, and, and it helps us to make difference in people's lives in our, in our area, in our world. 
This week, many of you know that, uh, many of you may have heard, Haiti has gone through another major earthquake, and we do so much work in Haiti there with Mission of Hope. And, you know, your giving has enabled us, it's going to enable us to be able to send a gift down and just be able to bless people, to be part of a redemption story, a redemption story. So there's lots of ways to give. The, the slides are up there on the screen. You can give with your, with your cell phones, as, as I'm going to do in a second. You can always give uh, utilizing the, the envelopes with the kiosks on the way out. Uh, with you, when you do, we just want to say thank you for being a part of that and giving uh, because it makes a difference. It, it makes a difference. It makes a difference. It makes a difference. Um, and just as you're getting that ready, I, I just was reminded of, a, of, of something that happened at Mission of Hope in Haiti with the last earthquake. And this is how good our God is. Before the last earthquake in Haiti, where Mission of Hope is, they didn't have any running water there. So they had to, they had to have all this system of bringing water in and catching water from, this, from the, uh, 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 when it rained. And it was really such an impediment to what was going on and really limited what they could do from that base. And they were thinking about how to do, you know, what do we do? What's our next step? How do we, how do we handle this? We don't have any water. And when the last earthquake happened, the Teutonic plates underneath of the base at Mission of Hope shifted. And up from the ground came a natural spring. Something that wasn't there before, come on somebody, a shaking happened after the shaking. Something that wasn't there before, something that harsh went through. Because sometimes we're like, why is this going on? Why did I have to go through this? Why, why did I have to face this? Because there's some things in there, some totonic plates in your life that just needed to shift a little bit so that a living stream could start coming out. The source would change. I'm believing that for your life today. Matter of fact, can we just stand together? I'm going to pray that over your life. I'm going to pray that there be a shift, a, 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 a shifting, a, a, a cosmic, seismic shift in your spirit today. I need one. I, Dee and I were talking last night. I, I just can continue to need one because my tendency is to go back to uh, what I'm comfortable with and and, 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 and rely on great preaching and good environment and how to build great church and making sure we get people in the doors and, and where God has brought me to today is to say that's not what's needed in our world. What's needed in our world is the Holy Spirit's power. What's needed in our world is life and hope and to actually make disciples and to actually bring the hope of Jesus out of the four walls. But there needs to be a shift. Come on, somebody. There needs to be a shift. There's some seismic plates that need to go. Father, you know. You see the hearts of each and every one of us in this room. You know beyond what we know. And even when we think we do know, our heart is deceitful above all things. But you see the things we don't see. Your spirit deep calls unto deep. And I pray that the deep things of the spirit are calling to the deep things of each person's spirit in this room today. And whatever plates need to shift. Whatever ideologies, whatever fear, whatever insecurities, whatever hurt, whatever disappointments, Lord God, whatever disillusionments have been blocking the flow of the Holy Spirit, that they may be shifted out of the way today. That Holy Spirit, you may fall and pour on each person in this room and spring up a well. 
Spring up a well, oh my soul. Spring up a well. Turn the deserts into watered land, Lord God. Spring up a new river in the midst of the wasteland. That's what your word says. In your end times, you will turn deserts, come on, into rivers. Holy Spirit, that's my call to you today. That's my call to you today. Come on, church, If that, that can't just be my call. That's got to be your call. The call from your heart. Holy Spirit, just call out. Holy Spirit, I need you today. Holy Spirit, water me. Break some stuff in me. Seismic shift in my heart, Lord. Help me not to see just for myself, but change my focus, Lord God. Daddy, open the eyes of our hearts that we may see. That we may know the incredibly great power that comes to those who believe. The great inheritance for those you have called as children of yours. Help us to redeem our opportunities as you, my king, will redeem the era. Because the enemy may be the god of this age, but you are the king of all ages. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. The whole earth is filled with your glory. We give you the glory and the honor and the praise in Jesus' name. Can you just say, I receive today? Come on, say, I receive today. I receive. I receive it today. I receive it today. Holy Spirit, I receive it. Holy, holy, holy. I receive you today. I receive you today. I receive you today. Religion, be set free in Jesus' name. Religious spirit, you have no power here. Lies of the enemies are shattered by the truth of the king. Darkness, you have no place in the hearts or minds, in the lives of men and women in this room. In the name of Jesus, you said that we are the light of the world. Let your light shine, Lord God. Father, where we have lost our saltiness, make us pure salt again.
Jesus. King of glory. 